You're listening to CJSW 90.9 FM. Quiet on the set. Camera speed. Sound production, take one. Welcome, welcome everyone to Movie Night with Sif. I'm your host Gabby and guest hosting today we have Sif's Executive Director Steve Schrader. Our guest today is Tammy Frick, the new CEO of the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. Prior to her role with the Academy, Tammy spent a whopping 27 years as the Executive Director of Cinefest Sudbury International Film Festival. During her tenure, she focused on evolving and expanding Cinefest Sudbury, uncovering emerging talent and showcasing films that represented diverse voices and experiences, while also providing a platform for film artists. Her commitment to the arts goes beyond Sudbury. Tammy has served on the board of directors of several organizations and is a founding member of the Cultural Industries Ontario North, which seeks to promote the expansion of the media arts sector in Northern Ontario. Tammy was even honored with a Crystal Award for Outstanding Achievement in Business by Women in Film and TV in 2019. And with almost three decades of experience in the Canadian film industry, Tammy, and as I'm sure we'll hear from her, she's dedicated to fostering and developing creative works and opportunities for talent, both in front of and behind the camera. Welcome to Movie Night, Tammy. We're so excited to do this interview with you. It's so lovely to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, For anyone in the audience sort of unfamiliar with the Canadian Academy, what is it and what is its role in the industry? Like, I know a lot of people might already be familiar with the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences in the U.S., um, but not many are familiar with what the role of the academies usually is, like anywhere beyond award shows. Can you tell us a little bit about what an academy does and specifically what the Canadian Film Academy does? Absolutely. So very similar to what the partner organization or, or similar organization in, in the U.S. does. But we do it, of course, so much better because we're Canadian <laughs> and just far better at celebrating. Yes. So we acknowledge the wonderful crea- creator talent in Canada, uh, both above and below the line. We have wonderful awards that we host every year. This year, our model is a little bit different and somewhat the same as the last couple of years in that we've broken out um, the Canadian Screen Week into genre shows. So we'll have a live component where people can accept their awards in front of their peers. And then we have a wonderful broadcast show that'll be really an overview of all the wonderful moments and various things that have happened throughout the year that'll take place on Sunday, April 16th. So that's the core of what we do. Of course, there's always the extra stuff that happens behind the scenes that might not be as public facing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that includes our membership. We have a, a, an industry conference that we host that week in April as well called Members Lounge. We represent over 4,000 members across Canada. We're very proud of that. So we also act as a bit of a voice and take on an advocacy role at different times in support of the industry. We also, in the last few years, a couple of years in particular, have launched a lot of new programming around residencies, some training programs, writer development, women in post programs, and really wanting to assist in bringing forward that uh, diversity and equity inclusion piece, which is just so important to the whole industry across Canada. One of the reasons we were keen to have you on the podcast is because of your long background, you know, of course, SIF, Movie Night with SIF, film festivals, your long background running one of Canada's most respected film festivals, Cinefest in Sudbury. And folks listening, if you didn't know that one of Canada's most successful film festivals is based in Sudbury, Ontario, now you do. It's true. Before we get into more about the Academy then and where you hope to take it, we'd like to linger for a moment on your long experience in the festival's world. So looking back on your experience at Cinefest, Tammy, what are you most proud of in your very long time there? I grew up along with the festival. So when I started, it was a three-day event. 
There was two full-time staff and a couple of contract staff. We had a wonderful audience base of over 15,000 people. And I had the great opportunity of taking it from its infancy, so to speak, it was a little toddler, and walk it through. And I you know, got through the challenging teenage years and then saw it turn into a young adult. And having been there 27 years, it just, it was amazing for me to see how an event like this was not only culturally re- relevant, but how we really showed and, and showcased that no matter where you live, small mining town in Northern Ontario, that there's this want and love for film. And there's, you know, an attraction to wanting to be with your cinephile community in not just watching films, because the films were truly the celebrity in our case. We didn't have a lot of big talent that came north for the event. Some wonderful Canadian representation, thankfully, but an opportunity to have Q&As and speak to like-minded people. And so it wasn't just about the films. It was about gathering as a, as a community. I'll be very honest in saying we had ideas as to where to take it next, but the best ideas always came from that community, from that audience base, whether it be an industry audience or a public audience wanting more and pushing us further. And we just, we were really along for the ride and just took to that and, and really just kept it, kept moving it forward. I often say a great film festival or really festival of any kind is what makes it great is that it's, it's an authentic expression of the place it's from and the community that it springs from. And otherwise it won't have that that special thing that allows it to take off like Cinefest did. So how did running a major Canadian film festival shape your view of the film industry, film and screen industry more broadly? You bring that, yeah. that long perspective to it. Now, one of my favorite colleagues from the film festival's world is running the Canadian Academy. How's that shaped your view and your sense of the industry? Yeah, again, I think I just, I was truly lucky in having the role that I had uh, with Sudbury in that we're curating films. So we're finding all these wonderful films and some are very evident. You know, you have certain directors that speak, you know, that, you know, you just can rely on the product that they're putting forth. Mm-hmm. And it, that was always wonderful. But for us, truly, it's finding those small niche films that sometimes wouldn't have the opportunity to be presented on a big screen and have an audience and watching that part of the industry blossom. So, you know, watching these names that 10 years ago were very obscure, like, who is this person? What's that director's name again? To then seeing their their careers evolve as well. And as their careers careers evolve, then our audience is even more attracted to that. So the, you know, the festival becomes more popular and more attractive to people. And the administrative part is the necessity and that's what I was hired to do. <laughs> and I'm hired to do that in this position as well. But what feeds my soul is that artistic part, was the programming, the curation, and speaking to filmmakers and producers and listening to the stories they're telling, both the story on screen and then the stories during the Q&As after. I'm just, again, lucky enough to have been part of the whole thing. Sort of getting into what you do now, you know, Chief Executive Officer of the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. That is a really big, scary, important sounding title. Could you tell us a little bit about what that role entails? Yeah, again, you know, it's very administrative. That's my forte, I guess. That's the skill set that I bring forward. But I'm, again, allowing myself to not just be that administrative type and worry about the day to day and the economics of it all and everything else. I'm being fed with the artistic side and working with people who are like minded. You know, when you celebrate this level of talent, It's still event management. It's pulling all this excitement together. It's having an opportunity to talk to people um, that want this to move forward, that are as excited as we are about it. It was just, it was a bit of a natural transition, really. It was where the Academy was going in a lot of their programming and where they want to be. I just feel yet again, I'm at the right place at the right time. 
It's not only a perfect fit, but I see the industry expanding so quickly, both film and television. And I'm having to learn a lot around the broadcast side. That was a piece that I came into this role with having, knowing that I have to learn more about. Mm. Um, but I'm so interested and excited about it. And, you know, been getting a lot of wonderful support along the way. This organization has done some amazing things since its existence. But in particular, from my perspective, the last, you know, five, six years, it's done a lot. I can't wait to see where it goes next. You know, now you've relocated Toronto for this role. So keeping film festivals in our in our mind a little bit as we talk about the Academy, uh, I'm sure you, you're working with and have a great relationship with our friends at TIFF. But not all film festivals are TIFF. Film festivals broadly occupy, I would say, a fairly unique and maybe even misunderstood place within the film industry from some vantage points. I'm not sure that the larger studios always get film festivals, unless you're talking about the small handful of really big ones. What part do you see film festivals playing in the future of the Canadian screen industry landscape more broadly? You know, it's really twofold. There's two sides to to film festivals. There's the very public facing side, and then there's the industry side. And I think both have a strong importance. You know, there's so many festivals and some tend to lean more towards just catering to their to the audience base. And it means great tourism for a community. It means bringing culture that's much needed to certain communities and people wanting access to that level of culture and not having to come to the big cities. But when you get to the size of the Calgary Film Festival, the Sudbury Film Festival, we are at that point where we do matter to the industry as well. We're a launch pad for independent film. People really take the time, I think, to sit down and figure out their their submission uh, strategy around festivals and how they're going to use certain festivals to promote their film. Whether their film is already with a distributor or not, that makes a big difference. So film festivals are not only an opportunity to exhibit your film on the big screen, but it's an opportunity to be in a community and chat with people who are also there to be advancing their careers. So it's a collaboration and it gives it, it feeds that industry mobility forward. It, it, you know, brings the right people together at the right time. It's like a conference. It's, you know, every industry has their conferences. Film festivals act as that. Some of these people then go on to collaborate together. Mm -hmm. So it truly is an industry gathering. And I love when I see, you know, people say there's so many film festivals now. I'd love for there to be more. The more we have, the more these niche films are going to reach an audience. And that's our way of helping them also get to the next phase of their career. So I think it's wonderful. I recently had several students from Mount Royal University, which is where I went, reach out to me about how to submit to the festival. We just, we opened our submissions a couple months ago and oh my God, they get so excited about it. I mean, I think for them, they're so, you know, they're 19, 20 years old. Their view of how do I get my film out there is to upload it to YouTube, cross their fingers and pray for the best. And there's something about the online space that's so saturated and so crowded that I think film festivals, you know, getting into a film festival is still, and perhaps even more so now, like the distinction that these people need to actually be seen and to have their work be appreciated. And um, it made me really actually very proud to be part of this organization, to have these students who literally have no idea where to start, to be able to be like, listen, it's fair game. I, I think it's it's really more important than ever and definitely important to up-and-coming filmmakers. Whether you're accepted or not in a festival, you should be attending industry events. And the Academy is no different. You know, the Canadian Screen Week is so important. It's a way to be around people. If you want your career to be taking, you know, moving forward, it's all about meeting people and making sure that you have a level of collaboration that you're open to and that you're 
having the right conversations and finding out where the opportunities are. You know, I always say that to young filmmakers, don't be afraid to submit. First of all, we're all looking for those little gems. And sometimes you'll be very surprised yeah. at the outcome, right? It's, it's like going for job interviews. You know, you get better at it. <laughs> the more you go to, you might be turned down three or four times, but then you really get the one that counts. So never be afraid to submit. I always encourage people to attend as many industry events as they can, shake hands, chat with people, have the conversations that should be happening. And, and it's so important. It really is. Speaking of sort of the future of the Canadian media landscape, when people think of the film industry in Canada, they tend to think about sort of Toronto, Vancouver, or sometimes Quebec. Like lately, we've seen other provinces kind of going their film industries. Alberta, namely, of course, is experiencing a very unprecedented influx of high budget productions. We tend to talk about specific regions and jurisdictions when it comes to the Canadian film industry. As someone who is running the Canadian Academy with its mandate for celebrating and advancing the Canadian industry sort of as a whole, where do you see the commonalities and shared opportunities for the country as a whole? I know we talked about it being a little bit fragmented there. We're seeing that as well. The different regions are taking off, which is so wonderful, isn't it? I mean, this industry really is growing quickly. Smaller regions are taking advantage of tax credits and attracting productions. And Canadians aren't so afraid to be setting up shop in other areas because they're being embraced and they're being encouraged to do so. And there's just so much going on. You can only have so many productions in one area. You need sound stages. You need crew. So those are all wonderful benefits to the industry. People are moving about Canada more. I know when it comes to the academy, we definitely, that's mirrored in our jury. We make sure that we have representation across Canada. It's important for people, you know, to have a, a very strong opinion and a strong understanding of what's coming from the whole of Canada, not just the regions that typically have, have been more active. And through our membership lounge and a lot of our Outside programming, it is open to all Canadians, our membership in particular. We try to take a look at what's happening in the different regions and make sure, and we hope to do this even more, make sure that we're bringing relevant programming to different things and not always focused. And that's something that I hope to really have a bit of a you know stronger influence coming from outside the city. I'd love for us to be able to do a little bit more regional work, but we're not for profit. Economics always comes into play, and I know that's been a bit of a, a limitation in the past. But let's be a little bit creative and let's try to get around that more. Because you're right, there's so much happening across Canada. We want the storytellers and there are content creators to be properly supported and celebrated. Just a quick follow-up question for you there. Uh, how many members across the country, in a round number at least, does the Academy have? Around 4,000. Our membership kind of mirrors also what happens in production across Canada. So we're seeing a larger uptake in certain regions as opposed to the, the standard traditional areas. And we have a lot of work to do there. And we're wanting, again, to be going out, doing a lot more outreach and chatting uh, to people about what we do offer. We're, there's very few organizations that are national like us that do bring together that collective voice talking about film and television production. So we're uh, wanting to take on that role in even a bigger way. Indeed. Looking at some other well-known award shows in, in our in our industry internationally, you know, the last few years, and this is not just in our industry, you know, this this questions of fairness and access and, and equity and diversity. These are these these are important questions happening really, I think, throughout society. But in our industry, of course, we've seen the fairness and legitimacy of, say, the Oscars or the Golden Globes. 
increasingly brought into question uh, by the public. There have been even allegations of corruption within certain award-granting organizations. The Canadian Academy has its own version of the Oscars, uh, the Canadian Screen Awards or the CSAs. You, you touched on this, but maybe you could say a bit more about it, about, about the systems that the CSA has in place to make sure that, are, that we're awarding and, uh, first of all, even nominating people fairly. Absolutely. Everything is peer-driven. Uh, and that's a huge process. And you've experienced it, Steve. You talked about being on the jury. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a big job. So we're very cautious how we ask for support uh, because we know it's a big job. We have a full department and Louis uh, Calabro, who's been there forever, is absolutely an expert and wonderful in making sure that the process is as seamless and fluid as possible. But it is a lot of work to maintain that. So, of course, we have, you know, the right accounting firms in place. We have legal looking at everything and doing our absolute best to make sure that at every level there's due diligence. And that's why it is. It's the nominations are put forth by peers Uh, They're broken out into different jar juries so that, you know, when the recommendations are coming forward, there's a lot of discussion. So the jurors meet. They they first they preview the materials, of course, and then they meet this year digitally again because everyone's all over Mm -hmm. um, to talk it out and really come up with those lists. And, you know, there's a lot of passion in this industry. It's um, there's a little bit of boxing that goes on at times. Mm, It's not always that easy to pick that list is is a difficult process. But it's the right process because it's giving everyone a voice. Will we keep everyone happy all the time? I can a thousand percent say no. I mean, you know, I get angry when my guy doesn't win or or my lead horse Mm. doesn't come in. And and I see, you know, I've seen most of the films and I'm so excited for some of them because some of them are we're a little bit under the radar. Some of them were bigger productions. And of course, you all have your your picks. I mean, I'm just putting my Oscar list together and uh, I have my picks there too. And I know I'll be happy and I'll be disappointed at times. Um, but when it comes to the process part of it, we do the utmost to make sure it's a fair process, uh, taking definitely an equitable lens as well and making sure, I mean, you know, for years we have to realize that not everyone had equal access to what was being done. So some of the things that we've put into place to help with that is just avoiding uh, issues around cost barriers and making sure mm-hmm. that, you know, there are fees attached to submitting and doing various things of that nature. And the Academy has been very loud and vocal about we need to help with that. We need to make it more accessible for everyone to participate. Um, so we've done a lot of work around that as well. That's amazing. I mean, keep doing what you're doing, keep growing. I feel like it's so important that organizations are now taking these matters incredibly seriously and taking all the right steps and reevaluating those steps and taking steps back and taking them forward again. It, it seems like people are really getting into and with really good intentions, wanting to do it the right way and wanting to do it thoroughly and properly. And it won't ever be done. Right. I mean, which is not to which is not to make a pessimistic statement. It's just that philosophically, like there's always better that we can do. We can always mm-hmm. do more. We can always be we can always strive to be more inclusive. We can always look for the next barrier that we haven't that hasn't been identified yet. But I think too, as our industries evolve and as the context in which artists make work and as society itself changes, um, we're gonna always have to be working proactively to to make sure that that inclusion and equity and, and diversity are are really reflected. It's never it's never gonna be over. And I think that's actually I think that's actually a good thing. You never never gonna reach the place where we're across a finish line in that regard. 
Absolutely. I think it would be wonderful to see less of our artists having to always be the activists, that by us coming together and supporting this and making it part of our day-to-day, we shouldn't have to always focus on it. It should just become a normal day-to-day, that that lens is always part of our day-to-day operations and that we shouldn't have to be so specific in identifying it. I, that's my hope, that it becomes an organic thing that is just innate to how an organization is run and, and it doesn't have the same obstacles. Uh, obstacles. You're right, Steve. It's, it's a process and it's happening, which is wonderful, but there will always be work. But that work should be, I don't know if we should call it work anymore. It should just be happening. But it, it consciously making sure it always continues to be there. We need to be moving forward and identifying that. And I think we are doing a lot of people are doing a lot of um, a lot of great things to get us there. But yeah, it should just be natural. And that's where it needs to be. Now, in equally serious news, Americans have the Oscars. Berlin has the bear, that cute little bear, and the Brits have the BAFTAs, which kind of sounds like somebody trying to say bathtub with their mouthful. What are the odds that we can change the name for the CSA, and can we change it to the candies? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we'd have to start a huge petition. Marketing and comms are going to be so mad at you. Mm. No, you know, I guess, again, as a membership-based organization, we do go out, we have those conversations. And I mean, this is fairly new. The Geminis and Genies came together not that long ago. So this is a huge branding experience. We just really feel that the Canadian Screen Awards captures what we're trying to do. It is very screen-based, obviously. Who knows in the future? That's all I'm going to say. I don't know where it's going to go, but right now you get a beautiful beautiful statue and you've won a Canadian Screen Award and you should be awfully proud. We love it. Huge honor. If there's ever a petition, <laughs> hit me up. And, and, you sh- and, okay. and you should be proud. And of course, keep it as the Canadian Screen Awards, the CSAs. All we're really asking for is a cute nickname. Doesn't have to be official okay. name. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> okay. doesn't have to be an animal. You know, it, it could be an animal. Uh, I think um, Gabby said the candies because I was we, we were joking off, cam- yes. off, uh, off mic that I was when I was there yeah. a few years ago, there was a I don't know if it was at the MC having fun, but but, but actually was like kept advocating for yeah. the idea that we should name them after yes. John Candy and call them the candies. And I was like, that's perfect. And that's yes. for sure going to be the thing they do. But mm-hmm. they, but it hasn't yeah. happened yet. And I do. I remember that. Was it Norm MacDonald? I can't remember who I think brought it might that have been, forward. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was actually pretty funny. And mm-hmm. it wasn't such a bad idea, maybe. Who Give knows? me some candy. Let's see. <laughs> Speaking of Canadian candy. screen icons, just a silly little question and then we'll, we'll move on to games. Because the games aren't silly. The games just, are just the games are very serious. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. I'm sure we warned you about the games, but you're in for a treat. We have, we got some cute ones. Do you have this is the question that every guest on Movie Night with Ziff has to answer. Do you have a most embarrassing festival story? Oh god, yes. I have multiple very embarrassing moments. I can't wait. From literally tripping walking out, you know, to make an announcement to leaving backstage where we had a bunch of decor with thin tissue that looked like toilet paper, got caught in my heel and <laughs> oh, no. I walked out. Oh yes. Oh, and it gets worse. Walked out onto a gala stage. Is it, was it like in I front walked of the out into a gala stage and we were at the time it was, we were <laughs> sadly recognizing people that had passed. Oh no. Stage. And oh, I walked God. out with tissue attached to my foot that truly did look like toilet paper attached. Oh. And you, of course, you're oblivious to this, obviously, <laughs> until you're, yes. you, what, what was your first clue that like, did you hear gasps or laughter, <laughs> people pointing? Oh, and- there was giggling going on. And I thought no one ever laughs at this segment. Like, <laughs> what is what's happening here? Yeah. So, yeah, I've had a few bloopers in my day for sure. That's a good one. That's a I really good one. I don't think I've got one. anything that rivals that at all. Not even. Yeah. That's a nightmare. 
Well, I have to say, some of the actors even that come to the festival, they're very quiet people sometimes and mm-hmm. a little bit shy. And we've had them during Q&As where they really freeze up. And it's just, it's adorable. It's like, but we don't expect it of them because they're actors. You know, they sh- they've got this. But yeah, everyone has their moments. <laughs> they do. They do. Well, Tammy, will you stay for some games? Absolutely. Fantastic. Let's do it. All right, everybody, it's time for One Star Reviews, everybody's favorite game. We will read you a one-star review of a film, and you will tell us, based on that review, what movie they are talking about. Steve and I are going to take turns on this one, but I think I'll take the first clue. Are you ready, Tammy? Absolutely. All right. The parts where they were old were good, I guess. I like the scene of them dancing and her suddenly forgetting who he is. But at the end, did they casually just die together on a random night? Or did he kill her because he couldn't stand not being remembered? Hmm. Looks like he never stopped being a dick. I have no idea. I'll go one more time. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. (laughs) The parts where they were old were kind of good, I guess. I like the scene of them dancing and her suddenly forgetting who he is. But by the end, did they casually just die together on a random night or did he kill her because he couldn't stand not being remembered? Are these older movies? They can be or from any time. Any time. Oh, The Notebook? This is The nice. Notebook. Oh, there you go. I think he's a current film. I'm sorry. Oh, you pulled that out at the end. I, I thought <laughs> she's, there's no way. She doesn't look like she's got it. No, you got to have, everyone's seen The Notebook. You got to love yeah. The Notebook. Of course, the Canadian in that movie would be... Um, Ryan Reynolds. Or Ryan Gosling, is it? It's Gosling. One of the Ryans. It's (laughs) for sure Gosling. One of those Ryans. (laughs) Yeah, one of those Ryans is coming to the Canadian Screen Awards this year. They are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. All right, Steve, do you want to hit us with that second clue? Okay, this one, if you got the notebook, you'll get this one. Hot take, this movie sucks. It's completely overrated. Michael J. Fox is iconic, but this movie is a flop. The Oedipus complex of this movie is just beyond off-putting. Back to the Future is the only... I thought Oedipus Complex was a total giveaway. Well, that's the only, yeah, okay, that's kind of what got it. You're totally swishing these. Do not worry. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of yeah. nailing it. One more and you'll be I three for three. She does. What's the term for somebody who, she's like a shark, right? She's like, <laughs> oh. just comes on like she's not going to get it. And then she's like, at the last <laughs> minute, she's like, oh, I just is don't it know this? it. All right. Yeah. Well, if you overthink it, I'm overthinking. Yeah. Don't overthink <laughs> it. Would you like a clue? I need a clue. I'll take a clue, please. <laughs> It's a Christmas classic. What Christmas classic has bandits? Oh, Home Alone? It is Home Alone. Yeah, she's three three for three. Oh, yes. Canadian or not, we thought this would be a perfect game to play. Pull of our, we've got like a sort of a virtual games room salon in our SIF podcast mansion, and we just pull different games out for different guests. We thought Canadian or not would be the perfect game to play with the CEO of the Canadian Academy. So in this game, we are going to name an actor, and you are going to tell us if they are Canadian or not Canadian. You ready to play, Tammy? Sure, let's do it. Here we go. We're going to have five. We're going to have five actors here. The first is Chris Elliott from Schitt's Creek. Is not Canadian. Correct. Chris Elliott is not Canadian, despite the obvious Canadian connection with the show. Chris Elliott was, in fact, born in New York City. Here's my favorite question of the five. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, gosh. I don't think he's Canadian, but I've never... I'll say no. Dwayne... Dwayne The Rock Johnson is 
Canadian. How did I not know that? Uh, well, I think it's kind of a dual thing. The Jumanji actor became a Canadian citizen in 2009 due to a change in law. The new law stated that anyone who was born abroad to a Canadian citizen after 1947 would automatically be granted Canadian citizenship of their own. And his father was born in Amherst, Nova Scotia. I did not. Well, that's new trivia. I'm I did using not know that. that until Gabby researched these questions. I'm going to be so smart at the next dinner party yeah there you go that's gonna be your hot new bit of trivia that was a shock to me i was shocked i knew he played for the stampedes the the stampeders yeah sports sports ball (laughs) who cares who knows yeah he was cut from the team i don't think but yeah uh this actor has actually hosted the canadian screen awards martin short is martin short canadian or not canadian there is Definitely is. is Definitely is. Who doesn't know that? Someone who's collaborated extensively with Martin Short is Steve Martin. Is Steve Martin Canadian or not Canadian? It's not Canadian. He is not Canadian. He was born in Texas. Come on. Just listen to him talk. Okay, last (laughs) one. This might be a trick question. You never know. Selena Gomez. I'm going to say not Canadian. Oh, you didn't fall for my little trick. I was trying oh. to psych you out. She, Selena Gomez is, of course, not Canadian. She's from yeah. Texas. <laughs> that means only one third of the only murders in the building crew is Canadian. That's right. Well, that's good representation. I mean, I'd I mean, say. Martin Short has never led us astray. That's for sure. Not once. <laughs> not once. Yeah. Well, well about a third yeah. of Hollywood is Canadian, practically. I don't. I just made that stat up. I don't. I'm not sure, but it's high. <laughs> That is the last of our games. Thank you so much for being such a good sport. You kind of slayed. You only got two wrong. That was pretty hey, good. Not bad. Not bad. I'll, All right. I'll get better for the next time. She was humble coming into it. Yeah. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank you very, very much. Okay. That's a wrap. 